Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. Friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, everyone. For the last few weeks, the gospel readings have been written in the gospel of Mark. And there's, uh, I know you've heard some of these details about Mark, but I just want to remind you, uh, Mark is kind of known as the action gospel. I guess they all could be in one way or another, but, but Mark is especially, Jesus is always on the go in Mark, and Mark has a favorite word that he uses, and that word is immediately. If you read Mark, you'll see that word over and over again. He says, immediately Jesus went from this place to the next place. So if Jesus is on a mission and he's in a hurry. And, um, and so I wanna look at some of the highlights of what we've looked at over the last six chapters of Mark. Just take a second. Uh, this is what Jesus has been doing. In chapter one, he cleansed a man with an unclean spirit and he healed a man who had leprosy. In chapter two, he healed a paralytic man whose friends brought him to see Jesus. Uh, in chapter three, he healed a man with a shriveled hand. Chapter four, he saves the disciples from drowning on the lake by calming the storm. Chapter five, he restored a demon-possessed man named Legion, and he raises a girl from the dead, Jairus' daughter, he heals a bleeding woman. And then in chapter six, our gospel lesson today, he feeds 5,000 men, it says. I don't know why he doesn't mention the women and children there, but it says 5,000 men. So it's a big crowd. And when I first read this, I thought, wow, I hope Jesus found time to carve out some rest, right? Because he's busy. He's busy and he's working. And, uh, and, but then I looked at it from a different perspective, and that, that perspective is about who are these people that come to him? Who are, who are they? And basically, they are demon-possessed people, paralyzed people, lepers, hungry people, bleeding people, and dying people. Those are the people who come to Jesus. And, and what a sad group that is, right? What a sad group. I mean, these are people that life, for whatever reason, has been particularly hard on them, hasn't it? Uh, these people are suffering. Some of them have probably suffered most of their lives. They've used up their resources. We know, like it says about the woman who had the issue of blood, she'd used all of her resources looking for a cure. They probably used up their money. They probably, a lot of them have probably worn their friends out. You know how it is when you have a friend that has a chronic thing going on. They'll wear you out over time. So they probably have worn their friends out. And, and, and they're all there having used up all of their own resources. And they're at that point where they're just about out of hope. It's at this point, these folks are at, literally at the end of their ropes. And so I'm gonna ask you this morning, have you ever been at that place? You know the place I'm talking about. 
when you're at the end of your rope? Um, I ask that very respectfully because I know that even as I speak here today, there's some of you are at that point right now, the end of your rope. The end of your rope can look uh, different to, depending on what your situation is. Sometimes it can involve a, a diagnosis that you receive or a relationship that's in trouble. The end of your rope could mean a job that you lost or an addiction or something financial, or maybe it has something to do with your kids who are struggling in one way or another. I've been there a few times in my 66 years uh, at the end of the rope. Um, I had a life-threatening health scare one time that uh, still affects me today, even though it's like 20 years later almost. Uh, and it's so when the doctor, I was in the hospital here in Midland and the doctor rounded at four o'clock in the morning. I was there by myself in the hospital room and, and I asked him, what's gonna happen here? And he said, he said, well, if you survive this, you'll be on dialysis the rest of your life. You know, and I remember thinking, I didn't hear anything after he said, if, right? Uh, and, uh, and so, but today here I am and I'm not on dialysis, thankfully. And um, another time I went, I was going through a divorce. That's like about uh, 30 something years ago. And uh, that felt like the end of the rope. Goodness gracious, right? God bless any of y'all who are going through that or have been through it, right? It, that's what that feels like, the end of your rope. Um, had a life-threatening diagnosis for one of my kids one time uh, who was two years old, had to have open heart surgery. That was scary. Um, you know, if you live long enough in this life, you're gonna go through those things. I mean, that's just life. You're going to go through those things. You know, and I, and I hear it a lot, though, because uh, people at the end of the ropes, because I do hospice work for a living, right? I mean, pretty much everybody on hospice care is getting close to the end of the rope, right? I, and, uh, um, and I've heard so many people say this thing. They say, um, well, I know, Skip, but, you know, the Bible says God won't put on me more than I can handle. And I always kind of smile a little bit when they say that, because that's really not what the Bible says at all. <laughs> I mean, really, the Bible doesn't say that anywhere. Um, the Bible says this, though. It says, God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear. And with the temptation, will provide a way out. So that scripture is about temptation. It's not really about burdens of life. Sometimes life will put on you more than you can bear. It will. Sometimes life will just jump right up and bite you. It will. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, that and when it does, though, um, it's, it's not helpful to hear that sort of thing. 
that life won't put on you more than you can bear because sometimes life does. Jesus talks about that really. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You're gonna have trouble in this world. Um, Jesus himself knew that, didn't he? Jesus knew about trouble. He said, uh, remember when he was in the garden at Gethsemane, Jesus, um, when he prayed, he, his prayer in the garden, it says he was praying and sweating like great drops of blood. I, his, he was really under a burden. And his prayer was, God, take this from me. You know, Jesus knew trouble. The people in these six chapters of Mark knew trouble too. And I know that many of us here today know that same kind of trouble. And this is usually where the preacher comes in and gives you a list, you know, of five things that you need to do that all start with the letter R or something like that. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. But uh, today, I just want to give you one thing, one thing to do when you're at the end of your rope. And it seems kind of simple and kind of obvious. But the one thing is this. If you're at the end of your rope, move closer to Jesus. Move closer. Here's some examples from these people in the Gospel of Mark. The men with unclean spirits, they cried out to Jesus. That's how they moved closer. The leper came to Jesus. He came. The paralytic's friends brought him to Jesus, all of them moving toward Jesus. The disciples cried out to him in the storm. Jairus came when his daughter was dying and fell at Jesus' feet. And uh, the woman with the flow of blood just lunged out at Jesus to grab the hem of his garment. They're all moving toward Jesus and they're all in trouble from life of some kind. Um, the hungry crowd, the 5,000, they all moved in close to Jesus when they were hungry. You know, if you're in a trial today, the message is really simple. Move closer to Jesus. Move in on him. In James 4, verse 8, James makes this promise. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Draw near, and God will draw near to you. What a promise. Isn't that so comforting to know? That when you draw near to Jesus, he snuggles into you. <laughs> he draws into you. Uh, you know, when I was going through one of those trials I mentioned before, I would go out on the patio late at night, and I would sit down on the concrete because I didn't have any chairs out there. <laughs> and... Uh, and I'd sit there, and I remember the prayer, my prayer life changed during that time. You know how, how like, I, when I was at seminary, I always remember I had this, this professor, Winston Prasad, he was from uh, Guyana, I think, a great man. But when he prayed, it sounded like God himself talking. And, uh, and he would pray, oh God, source of life and being. You know, he sounded like, kind of like Sean Connery a little bit. And, uh, and, and, it, and, you know, when you're, when, you're in a, when you're hanging on by the end of your rope, you skip all those preambles, right? You know, and you just say, help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. And I remember sitting out there on the concrete, 
and, and I was praying and I'd pray, Lord, what are we going to do now? Right? What are we going to do now, Lord? I thought we were going this way. Now I'm not. And I don't know where I'm going, but I'm just going to hang on to you, Lord, till you show me. Sometimes that's all you can pray. Help me, Jesus. That's a pretty effective prayer, isn't it? Help me, Lord. Um, I remember one time my mom probably told you all this story. Y'all have heard most of my stories. Um, my mom was 90 years old, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer at 90. I remember thinking, what's going on with that, right? And, uh, and, and I, when I talked to her and she told me, I went, mom, I didn't even know you had ovaries anymore at 90. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, and as she went through her treatment, she said, she said to me one day, she said, you know, I've never been closer to Jesus than I am right now. So I feel like when I pray, I'm sitting in his lap and talking into his ear. Isn't that great? I mean, you know, and mom, mom was not a person who was real open with her faith either. But at that time, in that end of her rope kind of experience, she drew near to Jesus. And Jesus drew near to her. You know, when you move closer to Jesus, so many wonderful things can happen. It's amazing. Uh, he'll comfort you. He'll guide you. He'll counsel you. That's the job of the Holy Spirit in you already, right? When you draw close, the Spirit will speak to your spirit. And um, he'll speak to you also through his word as you read his word. But sometimes, and this has happened to me, you can nod if it's happened to you, the Lord will speak to you in your spirit. Yeah, people are nodding, right? Because you know Jesus is alive today, y'all, and he'll talk to you sometimes if you'll just get still and listen for him. You know, listen for him and expect him to speak to you, and he will. Um, he will... Um, Sometimes he'll calm the storm that you're in. Or sometimes he'll just calm your spirit in the midst of the storm. That's what he meant when he talks about that peace that passes all understanding, right? Sometimes you'll get that peace and, and that kind of peace is, it's like peace when everything around you is going crazy, right? It's like peace that shouldn't be there, but it is. And it comes from him. It passes all understanding. Jesus will walk up close with you through the fire. That's a promise of scripture. And he'll stay close to you. He'll never leave you and never abandon you. As I was putting this sermon together, I realized that whether or not you're in a trial or suffering today, I believe that Jesus is calling all of us, all of you, everyone in here today to move closer to him. He wants us to move in on him and move closer. He wants us to invite him into all the details of our life. The everyday things that we do. And he wants us to invite him in, not just when we're eating. And not just on Sunday, but every day. He wants us to talk to him more. Like a friend to a friend. Um, I do this sometimes. He wants us to invite him when we're out driving, 
He wants us to invite him into the seat beside us and be a passenger with us in the car. You know, you can do that these days and people won't think you're crazy when you're talking to Jesus. They'll just think you're talking on your Bluetooth, right? <laughs> talk to Jesus. He wants you to talk to him and he wants to talk to you. Listen to Jesus. Read devotionals. Listen to music. He'll, he'll talk to you if you draw close and listen. And if you're sh not sure where to do this or where to start, then talk to him about that. <laughs> Say, Lord, I don't know where to start on this. Help me out here. I need some guidance. Help me to draw close to you. He'll even do that. He never calls us to do anything that he doesn't give us the power to do. Um, move closer to Jesus. Move closer. Will you try it? Just give it a try. Move closer to Jesus. You'll be blessed if you do. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. That's such a great promise, isn't it? Draw near to him. Why wouldn't we, right? Why would we? I hope you're not sitting there going, well, I'm not going to draw close to Jesus. No, he doesn't want to hurt you and he doesn't want to take anything away from you. He just wants to give you peace and give you love and calm your storm. You'll draw near to him. He has nothing good but good for us waiting if we'll just draw close to him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.